Hey everyone, welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. I'm Al Lunds for the digital editor at Lynx, joined by Joe Passoff, my co-host. And we are gearing up for the end of 2022. Hope it's been a good year for you. I think both Joe and I could safely say it's been a pretty positive year all around for both of us. I hope Joe can say that. I, it's been good for me. Joe, it's been good for you so far? Well, except for the fact that you beat me decisively at Wingfoot this year, Al. Yes, it's been a very good year. Thank you. Well, you've brought that up before, and I just hate every time you bring it up. It's just uh, kills me to to relive that moment where you know I'm on the mountaintop at Wingfoot. That's, that's a tough one for me, personally. Uh, it really is. So but anyways, we're thinking about the new year. We're thinking about resolutions pretty soon uh, for 2023. And we're also thinking about what we want to, what's on our wish list for next year, particularly in the game of golf. What do we want to do? What do we want to see or accomplish or, or have happen? Joe and I put our heads together and came up with three things each. Uh, well, three-ish things, as we both learned before when we were reviewing what our lists were going to be. But we have several golf-related items that are things that we want to happen next year. I I think we'll just jump right into it. Joe, number one thing on your list for 2023, what would that be? Al, well, I've got to say... My wish list golf course right now, and gosh, there are a whole lot of new, wonderful courses around the world and even around the U.S., but I want to play an old one that I've never played before. Beth Page Black on Long Island. Yeah, I know. It's the top-ranked public course that I've never played. Now, why is that? Well, partly because it's walking only, and for a good portion of my existence, I don't know that I was healthy enough to really handle and enjoy some of the hill climbing at Bethpage, especially after you've exhausted yourself in their rough and, and in the bunkers. Um, we all know it's one of the toughest courses in the country. Uh, but I feel like, you know, I'm healthy enough to at least enjoy the walk. Uh, maybe endure is the better one. But to challenge yourself is a lot of fun. And thinking about all the history that's happened at Bethpage, you know, not just for the pros, Tiger Woods with a famous U.S. Open win there, and Lucas Glover, Brooks Kepka. We've got the Ryder Cup coming up there in 2025. But all the public Joes out there, that that is the pinnacle. That is the top of the mountain. And, uh, you know, I want to be one of those Joes that climbs the mountain. So Beth Page Black is on my wish list. And you know what? While I'm out on Long Island, I played some of the greatest courses out there. But uh, one that I've missed is Garden City Golf Club. Um, yeah, that's the men's club. Very private, but super historic with a really cool old Devereux Emmett design that was redone by Walter Travis. And um, again, just for the kind of ancient yet modern aspects of firm and fast and beautifully placed bunkers. I've heard so many good things about Garden City, and uh, that would be a pretty good back-to-back -back out on Long Island for me, Al. Joe, I'm surprised. I was surprised to hear that you're not one of those Joes that has 
gotten the chance to play Beth Page. Have you, in fact, been there for one of the events that's that's happened? Have you gotten a little taste of what you might come to expect? I, I have had a taste of it, yes. Um, so at least I'm, I'm, uh, you know, uh, comfortable in that knowledge. However, I have played the red course at Beth Page. I happened to be in the area on a day where the black course was closed. And I had one day before flying off to wherever I was going next. And I'll tell you, the red course is a pretty darn good golf course in its own right. Um, but it isn't the black. How many do they have out there, Beth Page? Um, I think they list five championship courses out there. And to whatever degree of tilling gas gets credit for um, all of them or some of them, um, I, I think thing the pendulum swung back a little bit to where he's getting, you know, the credit for the black and for the red, uh, even if he had help in building them. Um, but, uh, you know, again, it's a little bit like St. Andrews as the public ultimate public pilgrimage, basically, uh, where you, you kind of want to play the best. But it's kind of a fun thing, too, to think about checking off all of them, you know, just for completeness sake. But uh, now I've got the red, you know, sounds like roulette, right? Now I got to, now I got to bet the black. Yeah. Well, if you get that chance, you'll have to let me know how you fare. Um, generally, I think the house always wins at Beth Page. <laughs> right you are. <laughs> it uh, lends itself uh, naturally to, to my first item on my list. Um, and you talked about, the pilgrimage that it takes to get to to Beth Page, uh, or wanting to do that, which so many people uh, have now turned into a, a lore to be able to play play Beth Page. My first item on my list was uh, to cross another, uh, for lack of a better term, cult course off my list. I very recently this week in fact as i'm recording this episode I had the chance to play a course called goat hill park in oceanside california a lot of people may have heard that course's name uh it is a short course perched on a hill uh in oceanside is is effectively san diego uh you can see the ocean from the course it's right in the midst of the town of oceanside uh and it's rugged it's hilly small but very well manicured greens uh but that's not really what it's about it's more so about uh the actual vibe being there it's a course that's their motto i think is world class slash working class it's it's somewhere that anyone can go and and play green fees are extremely reasonable uh, i think i walked in the bathroom when i was there i think i saw a sign that was a membership was for a year that was two hundred fifty dollars, uh, so that goes to show you how affordable it is. Um, but it's also about the story of um, the people in the town wanting to save this place. Uh, it was going to go away as a park space, but John Ashworth of the Ashworth Clothing Company and now Link Soul um, and a few others hopped on board saved the place and it's um a grounds for playing golf as as it was meant to be played um so it's it's a short course i think it's like a par 64 finished the first hole and had a scorecard and recorded my score 
And then, I, I mean, as soon as I put the pencil to the paper, I'm like, this is not the reason why you're playing this course. Um, it was, it was, I felt so trivial in the moment writing down a score, um, when it was really more so about the experience. But, um, again, that is a place that a lot of people have heard of. It's gotten a lot of social media fame. Uh, they have the wishbone tournament there. Jeff Ogilvy famously slam dunked a hole in one, uh, to win this little two on two match with Xander Shoffley, Freddie couples plays in it as well. So loved being able to check that off my list. And now in 2023, I would like to check off another pilgrimage, another cult course or course that has a notoriety about it is sort of, and from a list chasing standpoint, those are the types of courses I like to check off my list. So, um, Joe, have you, do you think about certain courses in that way? Uh, almost culty, like wanting to, uh, make sure you you get to it and check out what what all the the hubbub is about at some point oh definitely definitely i mean you know you you learn about some of these courses just through your readings through your studies a little bit in the travel department and now with social media and you know websites devoted to enthusiasts you have some of these courses that really come to light um and you say holy cow you know that sounds like just the kind of place I want to get to. And occasionally it, it, a place might be, get overrated for that reason, just because it's either so remote, you know, or it's designed by a certain architect and, ah, okay, it's, you know, maybe not all that. Uh, and then, and then other times it's underrated um, and you take in the surprise and the glee that accompanies around it such a course. And you're happy that you, you check it off to begin with. As a for instance, Al, um, there's a course in Tennessee of nine holes called Sweeten's Cove um, that got a little recognition about five years ago. And pretty soon it seemed like half the celebrities in in the sports world and entertainment world jumped on the bandwagon, wanted to be part of it, wanted to go there, wanted to play there. Um, There are cult golf courses out there, and those are fun to go see for yourself. Sweetens Cove was part of my list because um, it is one I've not played either and have been wanting to for a long time. Um, I wrote a list and of about ten places. I'll just rattle them off real quick that I would I would like to add. So I had Sweetens Cove, uh, South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Obviously, nine hole course, King Collins. Everyone generally knows about that uh, course near me. That would be another Mike Strands course I could check off the list. A lot of his courses are particularly polarizing, but Tot Hill Farm in Ashboro, North Carolina. That one feels like it could be easy to do. I mentioned Beth Page Black, uh, Chambers Bay and Gamble Sands in Washington, too, on that remote category that, for their respective reasons, have earned a lot of attention. Chambers, a lot of the reason being the U.S. Open that was there. Uh, Gamble Sands is a fantastic David McClay kid design, I am told, on a magnificent setting. So uh, either of those in Washington would be great. Um, I go to a place like TPC Sawgrass, which obviously has a tremendous draw, uh, being the host of the players every year, the Island Green. I feel like that's got to be done at some point. Um the others here, 
I'll I'll be close to it in March. Uh, we have an event at Pebble Beach, and we'll be sort of close to Pasatiempo. I feel like that's a one that gets a lot of run amongst the uh, architecture crowd and among the must-play courses, public courses uh, in the country. Uh, and North Berwick West in East Lothian, Scotland, seems to be the the quirkiest available option uh, to play on that side of the pond. So that's my quick list. I, I don't know if you had any others that sprouted to mind that you mentioned Sweden's Cove, but uh, I'm sure I, the more I look into it, the more it's going to reveal itself. Yeah, no, there are plenty of courses out there like that. I played almost every one on your wish list, so I've got oh, that great. going. <laughs> but, um, you know, there's another uh, little golf course in Orlando called Winter Park that I've never had a chance to play. And it's, it's redesigned, has drawn raves, you know, for a number of years, um, simply on the fun factor. And, uh, you know, anytime you can get a, a city, a muni uh, to occupy that kind of place among architecture, you know, buffs, um, it's worth checking out. That was my stomping grounds when I lived in Orlando. Uh, so I've had a lot of a lot of runs on that place. It's it's worth it for sure. You need to do that. Uh, the other one I just skipped over on my list was Yale, especially once Gil Hands fin- finishes up there. Yeah, that will be uh, interesting to see what they accomplish, uh, what Gil accomplishes at Yale, um, because it is one of the most remarkable golf courses in the country, in and out of top 100s because it, it can be in such poor condition. But it seems like the university finally realizes what a jewel they have and they want to restore it and they want to elevate it to where it it should be year after year after year. Well, let's move on to number two on your list, Joe. What do you got next? Again, Al, this is a wish list that we're talking about here. And I am wishing at next year's Open Championship at Royal Liverpool in England for some wind, some actual wind for this ancient golf course that they call Hoy Lake after the town it's in. Because um, you know what? Hoylake has gotten the short end of the stick in its two previous opens. It went from 1967 to 2006 without hosting an open championship. In 2006, a chap called Tiger Woods was able to win at Hoylake, but the the grounds were so baked from heat and lack of rain, um, the fairways were completely straw-colored. Every single piece of, of tea to green, basically. And the greens had some green grass in them. Now, there's no problem with that tawny-colored fairway. They're playing firm and fast. Um, it's just it was really hard to tell one hole from the next on television because you just couldn't pick up the ball and all the ground looked the same. So... Tiger, it was playing so fiery that week. He only hit two drivers the whole week. But, of course, he was the smartest course manager, and and he won in, you know, marvelous fashion. Well, eight years later, the Open comes back to Hoy Lake, and you're thinking you're in Scottsdale. It was so warm and sunny the whole week. Rory McIlroy 
again, not a bad champion to have if you're Hoy Lake. Uh, yeah, again, they're playing in shirt sleeves. It's just benign, um, you know, length and being overpowered, that golf course. So, you know what? We're getting the Open Championship back at Royal Liverpool in 2023. My wish list is simply, I want the wind to blow. Give those guys something to think about, reason to have to flight their golf ball, and uh, and let Hoy Lake show off its actual charms and enticement. And there's a bonus aspect to Hoy Lake this year, which is a brand new golf hole they're introducing to their 18. And, um, you know, I think it's just going to be amazing. They're calling it Little Eye, and it's the 15th hole on their regulation golf course it will play as number 17 on the tournament the open championship course it's just 134 yards from the tips completely redeveloped golf hole um and uh it's the green is elevated it's set into the sand dunes you got great views of the d estuary runoffs on three sides um the hole's named after one of the islands that can be seen, you know, from, from the green. I, I don't know that it looks to me like it fits in with the character of the rest of the course, but as an individual hole and coming as the 17th for the open championship, little I, the brand new par three at Royal Liverpool uh, should make for some really fun viewing and uh, entertaining for, for all the golf fans and players out there. Absolutely. That's great knowledge for those who had not heard about that new hole being built. Um, thanks for that, Joe. And so 13th time at Liverpool, first in nine years, like you mentioned, Rory McIlroy, last one to win there. And uh, he almost did it last year, or this, I guess, this year at St. Andrews. Maybe he keeps up his his run of good play and, and gets it done again there next year uh it fits well into my second item uh on my list uh which is simply attend or make plans to attend the open championship it is the one uh major championship that i have not had the uh privilege to attend uh in any capacity uh, i've gotten to the pga went there when i was at quail hollow uh U.S. Open at Pinehurst, uh, and then the Masters uh, this year got there for the first time. So uh, I need to finish my Grand Slam, Joe, uh, and I'll have an opportunity to do so that next year will be Hoylake, like you said, uh, or I can make plans to go to Royal Troon in 24 or... Royal Portrush in Northern Ireland in 25. Uh, but it needs doing uh, one year or another. I don't know if it'll be next year, but I figure I should at least, you know, set the, the time aside and, and figure out when I'm going to go. Yeah, not just as a golf journalist, Al, but as a golf fan and a history buff as you are. Uh, I wish I had been to more opens, but at least I did get there. And uh, it's the most democratic, the most open, the most historic, all of that. And uh, they have the traditions all their own. Um, 
absolutely worth making the special effort how by whatever means you need to uh, to get to at least one um, and cross that off the life list. For sure. Yeah. Right now it's a dream, but it'll become a reality for sure. I will not rest until <laughs> that happens. Uh, so lastly, we had uh, our third points. And I say points plural because uh, we both turned out to have some three A's and three V's going on. So, uh, Joe, what do you have to say as your last wish list item in parentheses S items? All right, Al, I'll uh, I'll start off with three A in the shameless plug department because uh, I, I definitely you, you saw me play this summer. I could really use a, a new set of game improvement irons. That's on my wish list. And, uh, you know, as, as, as folks talk about, I mean, there are pros that use 15 year old equipment just because they like how it sets up. Um, they're attached to it. They've won with it and so forth. Uh, I've, I've heard amazing stories. I mean, nobody's using persimmon anymore, but you know, somebody finds a hybrid or a, a fairway wood they love or a set of irons that's just been perfect for them. Well, when you need game improvement, <laughs> a higher ball flight, better striking, more forgiving on miss hits and all the rest. Um, I know there, again, I've been told this repeatedly, you can get by with your 15 year old irons, which I have, but the technology, you're basically denying yourself um, at least two, maybe up to five shots in a round um, with what modern technology brings into the iron game. So, um, Hey, I'm entertaining offers. I've always been a fan of, uh, yeah, a more forgiving iron as well. Uh, I tried to hit some blades that uh, friends of mine have owned, and uh, it never really went well. It doesn't set up to my eye like you're saying. I I found that um, at least a little bit of a, a cavity. It certainly is easier to hit, but it looks better to me anyways. So, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Now's the time, Joe, to improve your game. So did you want to go with your 3B? Why not? Okay. <laughs> it's it's a little less self-serving than uh, wanting Santa to bring me a new set of game improvement irons. My 3B is I want to see as many of the new Coor Crenshaw design golf courses as possible you know i have a soft spot for all kinds of wonderful architects and architecture uh but bill and ben are two of the nicest guys in the game and two of the greatest practitioners of architecture in the modern era and their track record practically speaks for itself um i counted up i played 18 different core crenshaw courses uh, missed a few that, that I need to get to, but what they have upcoming in 2023 alone is just staggering. Now, mind you, some of these courses should have been opened already, but because of the pandemic, they just couldn't finish. But um, and, and in fact, one of them has just quietly opened uh, the Tara links in New Zealand, which uh, opened just a couple of weeks ago. But uh man and yeah maybe i'll get there and maybe i won't it's a long way 
but uh, some of the others that are uh, ready to roll out in 2023, either early or late, include um, the Cabot San Lucia property, which is, uh, I believe, now known as Point Hardy. And uh, uh, in addition, we have uh, the Brambles Private Club out near Napa Valley in California, the very private MacArthur Golf Club in the Palm Beach area of Florida, maybe Hope Sound, uh, mm -hmm. if I'm getting that correct. Coor and Crenshaw are doing a fabulous lakeside project in Alabama called Wicker Point. And uh, man, oh man, um, they're starting construction. I'll have to see it eventually. Torch Key in the Bahamas, uh, something called Crazy Mountain Ranch Whoa. in Montana. Boston International, which is the old international golf club in Bolton, Massachusetts, and the chain, the new stream song short course. Uh, Bill Coor is 75 years old. Ben Crenshaw is 70. I mean, these are not spring chickens anymore, but they are bounding around the, the barnyard as if they are youngsters. And it's fantastic to see, um, that's my final wish list for us to talk about today because, hey, I love those guys. I'm in awe of what they do, and I want to go see more of their work. Yeah, they're crushing it. Uh, I'm really excited to see what they do at Stream Song, uh, like you mentioned in your last example. Um, I've been talking to the um, lead architect at the Brambles Project on site, James Duncan. I know you and I have talked about him before and sure. that one you know essentially what they were saying is there's no formal open date they already have members that have been playing the course as it progressive it, it's not as you would look at it i guess say like a finished project golf course yet but effectively it's been open for a while now because they're they're playing what's there and that sounds really cool in california wine country but yeah, Core Crenshaw, too. Two, uh, or I guess I should just say that tandem of them are they're very much, uh, I think, at the top of modern architecture. And for good reason, you should want to go play any and all courses that they construct. So last on my list um, are two kind of self-serving things. Apologies, they don't really do anything for anyone, but maybe you would be inspired by what I have to say. Anyways, the the first thing I want to do is uh, a couple years ago, I upgraded my set, as you're thinking about doing, to fitting uh, and left having upgraded or replaced everything in my bag except for effectively two clubs. Um, I didn't replace my putter and I didn't replace my hybrid uh, my tailor-made uh, three-iron rescue. And it's a club I felt pretty comfortable with, and uh, it's unique because it has a regular shaft versus uh, all of my other clubs are stiff shaft. It's just one of those things I've learned how to hit it, uh, know what it's going to do. But when I upgraded my set, I had a a nice yardage bump because I got new shafts and everything, brand new clubs and the, the rescue kind of stay the same. So I've got this 
gap that I'm I've had to navigate in my game with this club. So in 2023, I want it to be the the time in the year I decide to finally upgrade my hybrid. Uh, their suggestion, just because I like the club itself, would be to just replace the shaft, um, and that could that could help solve the yardage issue that I saw. Um, but might be worth also testing out the newest stuff on the market because this club is at least a decade old at this point. Um, I don't, I don't know, do, Joe. Do you have certain clubs that you just have held on to because you you know how to hit them and what they're going to do? But maybe it's time to to move on. Yeah, I mean, uh, including the head cover on one of them <laughs> um, that I got from Ely Callaway himself <laughs> back. That way back in the day where I'm so attached to a given golf club, I didn't even want to get it regripped because I'm scared that the feel might change a little bit. But, um, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, Al. And, um, you know, good players understand even about experimenting uh, with different shafts or uh, even different grips from time to time. And um, you adapt and you get really comfortable and say this works for you. But, uh, you know, you play the game well enough where you know if it's time for a shaft upgrade, uh, as David Graham told me many, many years ago, people don't realize about the shafts, but that is the engine of the golf club and uh, extremely important to hitting that club the way you want to. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'll b- probably bump up and go stiff on that, and then uh, I'm quite certain I'll regret it for the first time I mishit that club. I'll be like, I never should have done that, but we'll see. Uh, and then the last thing for me, uh, is a, a goal. I'd like to gain five yards on my stock distances of my clubs. Um, that goal being the product of just committing to a physical fitness and practice routine on the golf course throughout the year that gets me, I I know if I, I, having really not done a regular, uh, fitness and, and, practice regimen throughout the the course of a year um if i add that and if i stick to it i think that i'll see some results uh in the effect of being able to add a few yards on my distances uh so that would be a nice um outcome as a result of prioritizing health and wellness uh as we all think about doing i'm sure when the ball drops on new year's eve uh Sometimes it doesn't make it out of January when when you make that resolution, but I'd like to be able to stick to it this year. This is my year. I feel it, Al. <laughs> I see, I see that intensity, the determination. You're going to gain those five yards or five pounds. What you didn't see right before this podcast started is I finished off one of the uh, Krispy Kreme donuts that's in my kitchen. So. Uh, we're, let's just, we'll get to it in 2023, but uh, you know, I felt like I had to indulge before they went stale. Uh, you know, someone's got to do it. And I no, was that's willing, the right attitude. Was I, I applaud that. that. Yeah, thank you, thank you very much. Plus, I'm, when you have fresh Krispy Kreme sitting around the corner, and knowing that it's almost impossible to get any work done until that final donut is consumed. There's literally a Krispy Kreme like one minute from my house. So um, maybe another thing I should do in 2023 is move 
because it's not going anywhere. That place is always packed. And Al, actually, don't be surprised if I pay you a visit this year in person <laughs> at your home. I, I mean, no particular reason, you understand. Well, come on down for the Wyndham. That would be a good excuse to to head this way. All right. Cool. Thanks, Joe. That was fun to, to chat through. Uh, anybody listening, feel free to let us know what you want to do in 2023. Uh, if some of the things we said are, are on your list or, or otherwise, it would be fun to, to hear what you have to say. All right, Joe. Thanks again for the time. Um, for all of our listeners, Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Uh, and Joe, we'll talk to you again next time. Absolutely, Al. Happy New Year to you as well. And uh, enjoy the holidays and the rest of those Krispy Kremes. I'm very <laughs> envious. Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs>